everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tease. So there's a little hack on the tick of the talk. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Ooh, that rhymed. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Have I seen it? Has mm-hmm. Has anyone not seen it, basically, right. uh, at this point? Um, but lay it on us, Kelly. Okay. What is this viral moment that's happening? You got it. So TikTok creators are sharing an unusual hack for perfect hair. And I believe it's for people like you with a little bit of curl, a little bit of, you know, curl pattern in there, if you will. (laughs) So TikTok has found an effective way to never have a bad hair day again. So they are now taking to the kitchen utensils, Mm -hmm. a pasta strainer, if you will, to get the perfect texture and mimicking results of a diffuser. What say you? So I think it's funny. Same. I, so I'm certainly, I get why people are doing it. It's like, what is happening here? And, you know, social <laughs> loves that. Um, I'm very much interested in pros jumping in and being like, that is metal. And you are heating metal next to your head. Yes, you are. And we don't know. I mean, how, how, how do we put this? That metal yes. um, might not be the highest quality. Mm. We don't. We just don't know. We don't know. It's not being regulated for this um, <laughs> that purpose. And so, like, I would hate to get burned by a strainer, um, which certainly could happen. Mm-hmm. I, like, I liked the results. Don't get me wrong. I personally would opt for and do use oh, a diffuser. Really? If I can. If I can. So, I mean, obviously for me, air drying is the best way to go. Okay. But as we all know, we don't always have the time to allow for that. And like, sometimes you need to use a dryer, in which case, if I want to maintain my curls and not just turn into a frizzy flat mess, I'm going to use a diffuser. Mm. And I got to say, I feel like that is the safer bet than a pasta strainer. Call me crazy. I agree. I'm with you. I mean, some of the TikTok non-pro experts say... It's that big of a deal that it gets that hot. Don't think it's going to be a problem. So pros, if you're out there, please weigh in because we indeed do believe it's a problem. We, we do. And for all of those TikTokers, like hit up a brand like Diva Curl. They have a beautiful, beautiful diffuser. We love it. Get out of the kitchen. Go back to the pro tools. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ends TED Talk. Ends TED Talk. On our last episode, we talked with Maggie Hancock. Maggie was born with a natural passion for art and creativity. And with that passion, along with her extremely hardworking spirit and strong determination for success, she launched herself into a career as a wildly successful hairstylist and industry educator. Maggie is the co-owner of Fan House Scottsdale, a well-known salon in good old Scottsdale, Arizona, my old stomping grounds. She is also the co-founder of Fan House Plus, an online streaming education platform for stylists. With nearly half a million collective followers on her social media platforms, and with multiple awards and recognitions for her work, she has made herself a focal point in the beauty industry, known for her fearless trend-setting and creative approach to style and color. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions about the pasta strainer to volume up <laughs> at thetease.com. We'd love that. This week, we're talking with Kasha Barbo, a DIY hair content creator and influencer on Instagram. She's a self-taught DIY hair and beauty content creator and not a professional hairstylist, but that hasn't stopped her from sharing her passion for hair with the world. She shares her knowledge and skills through creative and informative videos, tutorials, and photos. From braids to voluminous pixie styles, Kasha offers a wide range of hair inspiration and tips for her followers. With her easy-to-follow tutorials and relatable approach, she has quickly become a go-to source for short hair inspo and advice. 
Love it. Such a fun combo. Plus, she's got a Philly accent. Philly, close to Baltimore. You picked that up. It's a good audio experience. All right. I got it. (laughs) So we're going to talk about self-care tips for hairstylists, which is always a good topic. Mm -hmm. Because goodness gracious, this industry can be very taxing on our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. All of the pro industries within our beautiful salon world. And so our friends over at Self Magazine talk about the seven self-care tips for stylists who could use a little TLC because we want them to have some TLC. Mm -hmm. Jeff, what are your favorite tips within this article? Well, I mean, I think that they do a great job of establishing a lot of time is spent on the feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt like the one that maybe people are not thinking about, certainly I was not on a regular basis, consistently stretching your back and legs. Mm -hmm. You guys have seen the memes of, you know, the posture um, and the the hunch from (laughs) being a stylist. Like, this is a good reminder, like stretch it on out, do yourself a favor, break it up and do that throughout the day. Um, And there's a couple of tips like that where it's like, Pause, take a moment. Yes. Like a, just a literal moment and do XYZ thing. Um, the other thing that I think is great is talking about footwear. Mm-hmm. So I said it, this article established it, time on feet, like make sure that you're not wearing something insane. Even if it looks good, like you're doing yourself a disservice ultimately. True. So consider something that is comfy and also looks good. I agree. And the one that stuck out to me, mostly because my mom, as we know, Mm -hmm. was a stylist for 40 years and her hands were always so dry. Um, And so remembering to moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, one they missed in this article is the good old bag balm. Do you know what bag balm is? Bag balm? Mm -hmm. No. Just Google it. Okay. Just, just, we're not going to discuss that here, but it is for deep hydration for your hands. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 Okay. Well, I've Googled it. Everybody, if you're. It's an oldie and a goodie. I mean, Vermont's original bag bomb. Just get it. It has been around since 1899 and is the tried and true. So, pros, if you have not used it, a tip from Diane, my mom used the bag bomb. Thanks, mom. Another self care tip. Love that. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Things that are amazing, helpful, useful, all of the things over on thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week on covering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, Color of Change's new petition demands retailers remove toxic hair products from shelves. At this point, it's no secret that many of the hair care products marketed towards Black women can pose harmful health effects. In fact, it was only recently that we were able to fully understand the extent of damage that chemical hair relaxers can have on a person's body. In case you missed it, A shocking study published in October by the National Institutes of Health found that the use of chemical hair straighteners or relaxers, which is used more frequently by Black women, is associated with a higher risk of uterine cancer. In light of this study, the racial justice campaign group Color of Change wants to put an end to toxic hair products being marketed towards Black women. And to do that, the organization has a petition calling on Target and other major retailers to remove and audit any potentially toxic hair products from their shelves. Go to thetees.com. To see the full article, there's an option for you to link out and sign that petition. Please do. This is not controversial, even remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, Kelly, do you want toxic products on the shelves? No, I don't. And why are they still there? That's exactly right. Gosh darn it. Come on, Target, Giant, Food Line, ShopRite. Okay, those are the ones listed in our article. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are we doing about that? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Let's do something. We're signing that petition. Let's sign that petition. 
We are. Yeah, get into it, guys. And if you want more, there's tons of articles on Matisse.com in terms of this study, the results, the impact. Um, we're keeping up on this topic for sure. Another article that is really great, um, especially for 2023, is we're talking about trends and what's happening, what we'll be doing throughout the year. Um, the article is entitled, From Micro Braids to Invisible Locks, These Five Natural Hairstyles Are About to Be Everywhere. When it comes to natural hair, there are truly so many brilliant ways to cut color and style curls and coils. While having such a variety of different natural hairstyles at a stylist's fingertips can be a blessing, it can also be massively overwhelming. That's why it's great to look towards the latest hair trends for a little inspiration. If you're curious about what natural hairstyles are set to be everywhere this year, go to thetees.com. We've scoured the internet to find the natural hair looks that absolutely need to be on your radar, from next-level braids to the coolest protective styles. Kelly. Yes. Obviously, you and I do not have textured hair, mm-hmm. but we do appreciate these trends. Do we? Which is your favorite of those listed? I mean, hands down, no holds bar, the disco vibes. Oh, yeah. From James Earnshaw. He is an Amica Artistic Ambassador, GHD Hair Trade Ambassador, and Well UK Ambassador. And he is literally crushing it with this look. So please head over to thetease.com. Give James a follow on his socials, too. Go ahead and do it. We love the brands he's working with. All right. Last but not least, certainly not least, five different ways to embrace the Gemini hair trend. Pinterest predicts that Gemini hair will be a trending hair color for 2023. This two-tone style named after the Gemini astrological sign represented by twins allows you to experiment with multiple fun colors at the same time. The most popular rendition of this Gemini hair look is when a stylist parts the hair down the middle and dyes each a contrasting color. While there are countless color combinations that you could opt for, we've gathered a few of the hottest pairings to try this season for your clients. Head to thetees.com for some of the coolest Gemini hair inspo. The question that I've got, and I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm, Okay. Is would you ever, would you ever, Mm. if you could, if this didn't impact the integrity of your hair, if there were no concerns, would you go and do this? You know, I would. And I, I really... I love it. I think it's amazing. I love the platinum with the dip dye purple ends. Um, That look is from Grace over at Fruits Hair Lab in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And it's so stunning. It's so great. And the good thing about that is like, that's going to grow out. Just cut that baby off. I also could get behind a little bit of the Cruella DeVille with the, you know, the platinum and the dark. Mm -hmm. But I think it might be short lived for me. Just a little test and learn. But I feel like for a trend, it doesn't have to be a lasting <laughs> thing. I would certainly be supportive. I'd love to see it. Um, if you guys are feeling the Gemini hair trend, let us know. Get in touch with us through all of the ways that you can. And then for sure, check out that article on thetease.com for some inspo. As always, so much going on on thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Kasha Barbo, a DIY hair content creator and influencer on Instagram. This was an incredible interview, so inspired by her and all of the amazing DIYers out there. So go you prosumers, we like to see it. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. All right, today we are joined by Asha Barbo, a DIY hair content creator and influencer on Instagram. She is a self-taught DIY hair and beauty content creator and is not a professional hairstylist, but that has not stopped her from sharing her passion for hair with the world. 
She shares her knowledge and skills through creative and informative videos, tutorials, and photos from braids to voluminous pixie styles. Asha offers a wide variety of hair inspiration and tips for her followers. With her easy to follow tutorials, and I've watched quite a few, and relatable approach, she has quickly become a go-to source for short hair inspo and advice. And I must say, stunning, striking. I love the look. I love the hair. Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And wow, that is such a compliment. All right. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about your background, your journey, all of your inspiration. So to kick it off, I mentioned in your bio that you are not a pro. You look like a pro. Thank you. How did you learn to do all of the pro things that you're sharing with us? So honestly, I have always been big about doing my own hair. This is something that has come easily to me since I was a kid. From a very young age, I was always fascinated with beauty and hair. And I changed up my hair as early as grade school. Oh, all right. So this is not something that I just recently started doing. I went to a Catholic school where you could only have the uniform, you could not wear makeup. And really doing my hair was like my creative outlet. That was the way that I could be different than everybody else. And I would have like my mom or my sister braid my hair the night before or put my hair in hot rollers. And I would go to school the next day and just be somebody completely different. And so I've been doing it forever. And also I grew up in the salon industry. So my mom is a nail technician. Oh, cool. She's now retired. She had her own nail salon for years and I was there. I was at her salon every day after school serving coffee, making sure the cookies were out, filling out nail polish bottles. And I was around that environment constantly. So I really kind of, I grew up in that. Wow. Okay. So we have something in common. My mom was a hairstylist and salon owner for 40 years too. And so I would walk there after school and do the same things. Like if there was a customer there that wanted me to run over to the grocery store and get them a sweet treat or would give me a quarter for a soda too. I was there and I loved it. And I think something about that becomes part of your ethos and your soul, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of these women that were there were standing clients of my mother's. I mean, they were loyal and they went to her for years and they really just became like secondary mothers to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed going in there and seeing them every week and catching up with them. And they watched me grow up. And still to this day, some of them that I keep in touch with, and they're like, oh my gosh, look at you now. (laughs) That's amazing. So it is. It's great. So with that start, you know, did you, did you think that your path was beauty from a very young age? You know, I, I've been back and forth with so many things. I always knew that I enjoyed it. I, um, I watched my mom struggle a lot because, uh, my father passed a really young age. He passed when I was 10. Mm. And at that point, my mom was really struggling to keep the business afloat. And so eventually she did have to shut down the doors. And so she started working for somebody else and it became something different at that point where I seen that there was so much struggle with it. Okay. And I kind of was afraid. And I thought, I don't know if I could do that. You know, I don't know if I could go through what she went through, but just because she struggled with it now, knowing, you know, hindsight is 2020, knowing that it's like, you know, of course I could have done something with it, but I think I was afraid of going into the beauty industry because I didn't want to struggle the way that she did. Got it. So that path did not lead you to cosmetology school, but did you think about it at some point? I did. Okay. I actually went in high school. I started working really early. Um, 
college was not an option. I, I was not a scholar, so there was no way I was, you know, getting a scholarship. And I did. I started working in retail. Okay. And then I thought, oh, well, I could probably go and go to cosmetology school. And then I went and toured the school. And then when it came down to getting the loan and all of it, we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, going back to work, but going back to what I know. And I stayed in retail for a very long time. Um, till my like late twenties and sales. Okay. And so I've always been really good at, you know, talking with people and, um, I love that part of it, but I could not stand (laughs) retail itself. And I really got to the point where I just decided I needed to do something different. And I got into massage therapy. Okay. Because I figured it's the salon spa industry. I'm familiar with it. It's different than doing nails or hair. Um, I don't have to talk to people. I can actually be quiet, (laughs) but I can still have this setting, um, this spa setting. And so I went to school for it and I was a licensed massage therapist for eight years. Okay. Wow. And I had both my children. And during that time, I also was massaging like eight months pregnant. With both kids. And on your feet, right? I mean, it's grueling. Yeah. It takes a lot on your body. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I was not aware of. And honestly, it doesn't matter what you do, hair, nails, Mm -hmm. massage, all of that. It takes a toll on your body. The people that I would get, like as a massage therapist that would come in and see me, the hairstylist, always the worst. Ah. The shoulders and the tension and constantly having your hair up and being on your feet for hours. I mean, any this line of work in general is just a lot. So I just eventually, I didn't want to do it anymore because I felt like there was a lot of energy also being drained from just like being with these people day in and day out. And that takes a lot on you as well. So during that time, I was already starting to post to Instagram okay, um, because hair was always my passion and really just doing it on myself is my passion. Like, let me correct myself because a lot of people will ask me, <laughs> you know, why aren't you doing other people's hair? And I just, I don't have the desire to work on someone else's hair. I enjoy being creative and expressing myself that way. But I think if I actually started working on other people, it would just take that joy out for me. And um, so I have started posting on Instagram and people were, would ask, you know, how, who did your hair? How did you do that? How are you always changing your hair? And so I just decided to start posting about it. I'm like, I'm just going to post a video and it's a hair tutorial and whatever. And like, I can just direct them to that and say, Hey, check me out on Instagram and you can see exactly what I did. And that kind of just was a snowball effect, but it was because I enjoyed doing it so much that I feel like it's sort of led me now to where I am today. Amazing. Do you remember that first post, that first tutorial? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, uh, it was probably, I don't know. It was like right after I had my kids and I know that I was like, I was definitely struggling as far as like image and everything goes. And it's, it's right around when I cut my hair short Okay, for the first day, I just wanted to do something different. Okay, And I was, I was like, I've done the long hair. I've done the tape and extensions. Like what else can I do? And it wasn't until I shaved half of my head off into an undercut that I was like, I feel amazing. Like, this is great. And I really just, I, I felt like I found myself a little bit. Cool. Um, Cause it just was a different way to express myself. And people took to it too. Some people didn't, <laughs> some people did. Right. 
<laughs> you know, that's always going to happen. But I, I just loved it so much. And the amount of confidence that I got from that was it's just amazing. It felt great, but I can't, I can't look back. I don't even want to look back. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I go that far down the Instagram hole. I start thinking that I need to archive things and delete things. And I'm like, no, I need to leave them. I know, right. <laughs> People need to see like where I came from. They need to see the come up, you know, because this whole thing is just about the learning experience. And, you know, you start somewhere and you, if you stick with it long enough, you eventually just become good at it. Yeah. So your success didn't happen overnight, no. right? And it doesn't for anyone, but how did you get there? What was the hardest part of that growth for you? Um, I think I'm still working on the success part. I think I don't ever feel like I'm fully there. Okay. But um, if you would have told me, yeah, like a couple of years ago, this is where you would be. I'd be like, get out of here. Like, there's <laughs> no way. Um, I think the hardest part for me was dealing with the negativity at first. Okay. It's social media. Right. I mean, the keyboard warriors, they are out there. Somebody is always going to give you their opinion when it's whether it's warranted or not. And unfortunately, people do it in real life too. But in social media, I feel like it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. You're behind the closed door, proverbial closed door, right? So yeah, absolutely. And that can really, you know, as much as people like to say like, oh, I don't let the negativity bother me. I mean, it really just takes one comment mm -hmm. to, to really dig. <laughs> you start digging down like, oh my gosh, where is that coming from? Why do they feel that way? Um, and I've learned over the years that you can't, you just cannot worry about what other people think. I never cared about it before. So why all of a sudden do I care about it now? Right. Yeah. And that for me, once I realized that it was like, that's it. I can just continue doing this. I don't care what people have to say because if I think it looks good at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Right. It really is. It's the hair on your head, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Why do you care about what I'm doing with my hair? But believe me, people really, they've got some opinions. <laughs> yeah. That we're out there with opinions, right? And, oh, yeah. and I'm glad that you can block that out and oh, yeah. focus on you and what makes you happy. So we see a lot of DIY content on the internet. Um, some that works, some that's well you know, TikTok worthy. What's your advice to consumers navigating this space of DIY on the socials? So, well, I, the, here's the thing with that, you know, there's a lot of people who do put content out, right? And you're kind of watching these videos where anybody DIYing their hair and the end result is awful and the hair broke and people are going, Oh no, like, what do I do now? Listen, we need those videos. Unfortunately, we actually need those videos. People need to see what can really happen to your hair. True. You know, we've True. all gone through it. And at the end of the day, people are always going to be doing their hair alone by themselves. It's going to happen as, as much as there's people who will never touch their own hair and will always walk into a salon. There's still on the other coin, there's people who are going to do their own hair. And there's a great wealth of knowledge to be absorbed by that. You can watch these videos and see what not to do. So I think for a lot of consumers navigating it, really, it's just about finding people that you trust, yeah. finding people who that you think are authentic and look at the end result. <laughs> Do you like, you know, the type of information that they're providing you and, and does it match, you know, what they're saying? True. You know, can you see that it's actually good or, <laughs> or not so much? I love that. Um, great advice. Um, so you've also got, you know, several brand deals, which kudos, congrats on that. Thanks. How did you start to build those connections? 
Um, I was very persistent. All right, all right. <laughs> very persistent. Uh, social media is hard. It is not easy. Um, people have this idea, you know, oh, they're just an, another influencer and you kind of get this like bad rap, but it really is hard. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily ask for this. I put myself out there okay. and sometimes the brand deals come easily and they're like, hey, we want to work with you. And you're like, oh, wow, great. Um, and then there's a lot of time that can go by and it's quiet and you're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I want, I want this to keep happening. So how do we make this keep happening? And so there's a lot of work that goes on on the back end. and I'm just persistent. I will reach out. I have no problem um, putting myself out there and asking for work. Okay. Amazing. So with the brand deals that you have, you know, what is the type of content that brands are seeking from you from a creator perspective? Um, most brands are asking for reviews. Okay. A lot of people just want me to either review in my stories and just talk about their products and try them and see, you know, what I think. Okay. Um, and then hair tutorials, using the products, showing how they work for my hair. Okay. Um, but there's, there's a lot of times where, you know, I, I don't talk about certain people will send me stuff, you know, I get sent stuff all the time and, there's a lot of things that like I just I won't talk about if I don't think that it's great. So yeah, no, and that's great advice too because I think that relates back to your authenticity, right? So if you're absolutely one day talking about this spray and the next day talking about the exact type of formulation and spray, but another brand, it's like, well, wait a second, yeah, um, you know, where's that authenticity? Which which is true. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I've worked really hard to build my audience. Yeah. You know, these people that I um, share myself with have a lot of these people have become, I've become very close with. I cool. have lifelong internet friends and they value my authenticity and I value them for sticking around. And so I never want to compromise that. And I think the day that I just start putting stuff out there just to put it out there, just to get a paycheck is the day where they will see right through me and they'll be like, girl, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> and that's, that's not some, it's cringe. Oh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, at all. it is because then it's like, wait, it, you know, you've taken so much time to build that audience that you want to be true to them too. Absolutely. So I'm guessing that there's brands that you have said no to that you just didn't believe in. Oh, all the time. Okay. All the time. I get, I'll get emails and I mean, just random stuff. And it's also hard to see like what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, the second anybody asks you to pay to review something, <laughs> it's an immediate no. Uh, okay. Believe it or not, that happens more often than you think. But um, for the most part, the way it works is uh, if somebody does reach out to me, or even if I reach out to a brand, I always just ask, hey, can you just send me some products? Yeah. I'd love to try something out. I want to see how it works for me. And if it's something that I think my audience would love. And I start from there. And if it's something that I really enjoy, I'll reach back out. And then a collaboration, You know, we could talk about a collaboration. But other than that, I always need to try the products first. I have a lot. <laughs> Got it. I'm sure. I bet you've got a closet full, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I have now I have a whole office, but before I was like keeping everything in bins. So <laughs> now I can have everything displayed nicely. <laughs> I love it. Was there a th certain, you know, follower or, or engagement threshold when brands started to really come to you or say, yes, we will send you X amount of product? You know, I used to think that I would need a certain amount of followers. You know, mm -hmm. I just kind of, starting putting my stuff out there. And eventually, I think some of the brands that I started working with early on 
really just saw me for being authentic. And I think okay. that that's what a lot of brands want these days. Yeah. They want someone who is a consumer because I feel like I'm not a professional. I am just a girl who likes to do her hair at home and I like hair products. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I'm sharing. And I think that when people see that, you know, other brands see that they, they jumped on it. Yeah. You're the ultimate prosumer, yeah, right? I hope so. You're on the verge of pro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. So how do you juggle it all? You've got brand deals, you're a mom. How are you still growing your channels? Like, how do you, how do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit of the magic, right? I kind of just do. I just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I Right now, it's easy. My kids are a little bit older. They're eight and five. Okay. And so they're in school full time. Um, but there was times like, yeah, when my kids were younger and I was just, all right, let me get a video. One's taking a nap and like this one's <laughs> occupied for a second and I can do this. Um, and now that it's turned into like full-time work, it's, it's a lot nicer that they're in school. Yeah. So that definitely helps. The summers are hard because <laughs> they're home. Summers are hard. More, but you know, that's the time where I usually try to slow down a little bit anyway. And just kind of, because ultimately what I've wanted to do is be home with the kids. Okay. So it's like, I found something that like, I love to do that I enjoy. And it also allows me to be home and have that freedom. Yeah. That's wonderful because those years go quickly. They do. They absolutely <laughs> do. Ugh. So do you ever get any, you know, online negativity for being a DIYer versus a pro stylist? Like walk me through that. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that it's, you know, hate or, um, but I, people have opinions and I can completely understand the professional stylist um, aspect of it. You know, these people, somebody saw something online, they colored their hair, they messed it up. And now they're like, help. And, you know, they're calling their hairstylist like, and the stylist is like, well, what did you do? I saw somebody online doing it and I thought I could do it myself. And now they're in a world of trouble, you know, and now they're a lot of money out trying to fix this. So for me, I never, like I said before, I never try to say that I'm a professional and anything that I do, I try, I do my best to educate myself before I educate my audience. So I would hope that anybody who is trying, trying to DIY comes across my account first. (laughs) Great. I hope that they find my account so that they can gain a little bit of knowledge as well. But I will constantly, I will always tell people, go see a professional. Like I work hand in hand with these professionals because I'm yeah. Constantly recommending people to go to the salon. Okay. If you don't know what you're doing and you are not comfortable, please do not. <laughs> please go see a professional. I love that too. What is a top tip for someone who wants to grow their social by by being a DIYer in the hair space? I think honestly, just putting yourself out there. Okay. Um, a lot of people will have reservations on whether or not they should post something because you're worried about negative feedback that you're going to get. And as the sooner you realize that it's always going to be there, right? If you expect it, <laughs> just expect it. You know, because it's just it's no matter what. You could have the most perfect buttery blonde hair. It could be beautiful. And somebody's going to come across your page and be like, that is terrible. What <laughs> is that? That looks awful on you. And then someone else might think like you're the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's 
all very opinionated. And the quicker you get over that, then the more you can actually enjoy being online and being on social media. So I would say just put yourself out there and be authentically you. Please be authentically you. I love it. That is the key word today. Authentic, right? We love it. Yes. (laughs) So with, with, you know, all of your experience behind you, what does the future look like for you? I hope to continue creating because it's Mm -hmm. just what I love to do. I love doing this and I love creating on Instagram, different hair tutorials. I'm currently trying to like grow my hair out. Okay. (laughs) I don't know that we're going to get that far. I feel like I've been trying to grow it out for four years. All right. (laughs) So, but right now I'm like the furthest that I've been in a while. So I feel really confident about that, but I hope to eventually come out with a line of hair products. I think that for me would be like a dream come true. So this year I'm really focusing on products and ingredients Okay. because I really want to educate myself further. Like I kind of got the hair thing down as far as like how to do the hair. Now I really want to make sure that the things that I'm putting in my hair are something that I I really believe in. Okay. I love it. Spoiler alert. We're on the lookout now. (laughs) So you talked about your look and how you're growing it out, but you're famous for going blonder and blonder, but how do you maintain the integrity of your hair? So there was a time where I was not maintaining any integrity (laughs) at all. (laughs) And I was just coloring and I was, I just wanted to do all the things all of the time. And I sort of like got that out of my system. I do think that having short pixie hair is, Mm -hmm. it allows you to really play more. It really allows you to color more often. Yeah. You damage it a little bit. All right. Cut off the ends, you know, or just keep up with it. But I, I do believe that, um, having short hair has allowed me to, to really be creative. Yeah. And I love that. What inspired the initial short hair look? I was in a funk funk. I was in a funk and I was getting tired. I get bored easily. That's why, you know, and I've been surprised that I'm allowing myself to kind of grow out my hair at this time. Like I must be growing up a little bit. I guess I don't know, but um, I do, I get bored easily and I'm super impulsive. It is so hard for me. The second I have an idea in my head, I will fixate on it. And it just, it does not feel good until I execute. And so that has always been a factor for me, like my impulsive but it's also what I love about myself too, because yeah. there's so many different things that I've done that I'm like, wow, like if I really didn't allow myself to do that, you know, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Right. You put yourself out there. Yeah. As you said in the beginning. Absolutely. So any hot take tips for maintaining short hair? I would say, well, I don't know. I probably, I don't know if I give the best advice. I use the hot tools. <laughs> I use all the products. Short <laughs> hair is hard to maintain. Short hair is high maintenance. And a lot of people believe, oh, I'm going to cut my hair off. So I don't have to do anything to it. Right. And so they actually cut it off and realize how much work it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, waking up with the crazy pixie bedhead. I can't just smooth it over and put it up in a ponytail. No, right. a lot of people are like, oh, I got to wash it now or I got to wet it. So I wear a silk sleeping cap to bed okay, and that really helps like maintain my hair to have it looking great the next day. And just finding really great products. K18 is like, Mm. has been a game changer for me and it really allows me to like push my hair a little bit more. Um, And it, it has also saved my hair a lot of times as well too. Awesome. Yeah. That's the newest miracle product. We have, we love it at the tees. Oh, I love it. Actually had the founder on as well to talk about the innovation. So kudos to the K18 team for sure. They are amazing. They're awesome. Okay. So what should we look to your channels 
for next from a look perspective? You're growing it out. Do you want to give any secrets away? <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I get asked a lot. Um, a lot of my diehard pixie followers are like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're growing it out. Just cut it off. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, I'm never going to compromise what I want to do because somebody else wants to see me with short hair. You know, right. I did grow this account around short hair, but at some point, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you heard it. Who knows? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I may end up cutting it in two weeks and then we're like, oh, here we are again. But <laughs> for right now, this is, I feel like I really just want to grow it out. How long I'm going to grow it out to? I don't know. I would love to have the famous Bixie. Mm, yes. Brianna Cisneros, who came up with this mm. amazing. I met her on set. I was on a Wella Color Charm set. Um, that I shot a campaign with them, which was like a dream come true. And I met Brown on there. She's like the most amazing. She's amazing. Human ever. <laughs> Agree. And um, yeah, I would love to have a Bixie if I could just get my hair that <laughs> that length. <laughs> All right. We'll be, we'll be watching your channels to see if that impulse kicks in and you can get there. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Root, root for me, please. <laughs> okay. To wrap up talking about your look, is there a favorite that you've rocked over the years? Oh, that's hard. I enjoy all of them. I really do. Because like I said, when I think of something, it's usually because I just see myself with it, you know, and I really just want to transform myself. I think the one that I've enjoyed the most, that was the most surprising was my micro pixie, where I basically had like no hair. I mean, the short, short, tiny little bangs. And I just had the most love for that. I would get the most compliments, not on social media, but just every day in person. Huh. I would leave the house, go grocery shopping. And people were like, wow, like that, that cuts amazing on you. Who did your hair? <laughs> I'm like, me. And they're like, what? Really? So I was like, yes, yeah. so it's, it's always been a talking point, but definitely the micro pixie. That was the most fun. I think, you know, people envy you know, other people who can rock the short hair because it's a bold step. It's a bold move, right? Because you're, it is, you cut it off and you're like, and that's it. Oh no, this could take me years and years to grow out. There's nothing to hide. So you always look and envy and are like, "Mm, looks so good on her, but you don't know if you could do it. But you know what? Like my DMS are filled with like women saying, I would, I want to get the confidence to cut off my hair. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? I'm like, you just do it. If you want it bad enough, Go for it. You honestly, you're never going to know until you actually do it. And it's all about confidence at the end of the day. A pixie cut requires confidence. I will always say that. It does. You cannot be like this timid person and feel comfortable. You're not going to feel the best. You're not going to feel comfortable. You've just got to like rock it. Yeah. And it grows. It grows. I agree. And it grows. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's been so fun getting to know about your journey. Now we're going to move into a little something we call the tease. Quick takes. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. What was your first ever product that you owned, whether beauty product or hair product? And I feel like this is going to be a good one from you. No pressure. (laughs) Aquanet. (laughs) Aquanet. Aquanet. Yes. I love it. Used it for everything. I mean, you spray it down (laughs) to get that real hard hold. (laughs) The crunch. Probably broke off my hair so much as a kid with using that. Um, But yeah, it was Aquanet for sure. All right. The OG Aquanet. Is it still around? I, I don't, don't even know. know. I oh I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> the smell evokes some sort of like I know. Who knows how many health problems I have now because of yeah. <laughs> inhaling the Aquanet. We love that. 
All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Completely and about everything. Okay. Yes. Okay. My mother was superstitious. And it's like, I don't know if it's European culture and that's just that it's in our blood, but I am superstitious about everything. I don't even want to know about what other people are superstitious about because it's (laughs) something new that I'll gain and I don't want it. I don't claim that energy. (laughs) We need to move on then. I will not share. No, please don't. Okay, this is going to be a good one too. Who would you have play a biopic of your life? Mm. Is there another pixie lover out there? Well, you know what? I get, I've been stopped in public and people have asked for my autograph and I just don't really see it, but I, people, Demi Lovato. Yeah. Demi Lovato. Yeah. People are like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, right. Demi. And I'm like, what? <laughs> No, (laughs) not me, but thank you. Um, I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous. And then she went short and I was like, yes, girl. True. It looks amazing. I see it. (laughs) Now that you say it, I see it. Also, I mean, she's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) She is. And so are you. Uh, What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Mm, Probably my mom's homemade chicken soup. Okay. It's amazing because it's homemade and it comes from her. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's the best. It's like, it's just home. It's like a fluffy pillow. It's like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) have you mastered the recipe yourself? I have tried. Okay. And it comes out the same. It's good, but it's like, it's my mom didn't make it. So it's not as good, you know? You're right. It needs both. It needs mom and the recipe. Absolutely. All right. Last question. If you were on a deserted island and can bring only three beauty products, what are you bringing? Okay. If I am on a deserted island, I am trying to get off of that island. Okay. Um, so I'm not worried about how I look, <laughs> how presentable I am. Like I could care less. I'm going to be grabbing some uh, SPF. Okay. <laughs> I am going to make sure that I face wash mm-hmm. to keep my face clean and probably K18 to maintain my hair health while I am in all of that sun. <laughs> because why not, right? So it looks good when I get home. Because <laughs> I don't plan on staying there. That's amazing. You will look a little sun-kissed. Right. With a clean face. Right. And some luscious locks because, yes. I took a little vacation. <laughs> I was deserted for a bit, but I am back. You're back. <laughs> I love it. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you on all of the socials. Because if you're seeking... A little DIY inspo. Yes. They've got to seek you out. So you can follow me at Kasha Barbo on Instagram. And then I also am trying to keep up with the cool kids. So I am on TikTok as well at the Kasha Barbo. Ooh, I like that. The. <laughs> uh, it was available. <laughs> well, Kasha, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your journey with all of us at Volume Up. By the tease. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I, I loved it. Thank you. All right, Jeff. So what did you think? Give me your tidbits. I want to dye my hair immediately. Mm-hmm. I want to bleach the, we're an explicit podcast. We are. I want to bleach the hell out of it and I want to tone it. And I like every <laughs> time I see her content, I'm just like, oh yeah, I should do that. It's so good. Like it's, she kills it. And I mean, rocking the, the, the short hair is something we talked about and how, mm-hmm. you know, hair is like a safety blanket, right? Mm-hmm. It could be for someone like me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just saying. Um, but the fact that when she cut it short and was so confident and just rocking it mm-hmm. and all the compliments she gets, you know, we notice that we notice those short hair girls out there rocking it. And she is the top of the top, top of the top. Mm-hmm. 
Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. We're waiting. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.